0: Welcome to the High School Student Forum with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus. My name is Bill Messerley and I'll be moderating today's Student Forum. The Student Forum is being recorded on Monday, November 18, 2019, at Bishop Hartley High School. In the room with us today are four high school representatives from our Central Ohio Catholic Schools. Unfortunately, we will not have representatives today from Bishop Watterson High School as the students are mourning the loss of a recent graduate. As is our standard in our Catholic schools, we are family, and to be with their family is the most important thing to do today. And now I introduce to you Bishop Robert J. Brennan, who was installed as the 12th Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus at St. Joseph's Cathedral on March 29, 2019. Bishop Brennan has been very busy since his installation, celebrating Holy Mass, confirming our youth, visiting with families, priests, and parishes, and has even been spotted at our recent high school football games. Now we bring you Bishop Robert J. Brennan.
1: Thank you, Bill, and thanks to all of you for being here. We have among us today representatives from Bishop Reedy, from DeSales, from Hartley, from Fisher Catholic... From St. Charles and from Newark Catholic. Did I get everybody? We're so glad that you're here today and you make us all really, really proud. So why don't we begin by turning to the Lord as we do in all things. Sound good? Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we know that you are always with us among us and that you guide us in your ways. Be with us today in this conversation. Help us as we talk with one another to know your will, to love your will, and to do your will in all things. And we pray using the words that you yourself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So, this is a session where we're going to talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, I think this the thing on Reddit called Ask Me Anything. Is that right? (laughs) So this is a little bit of Ask Me Anything, A-M-A, right? So as we do that, to set a context, we're not going to limit ourselves to this topic, but in the spring, soon after I arrived here, Pope Francis wrote a letter specifically to you, Right? He spoke. He wrote a letter to you. He wrote a letter to me in, March, in uh, January, by the way. It said, Dear Bishop Brennan, pack your bags, you leave tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but he wrote to you guys, and the name of the letter is called Christus Vivit, which means Christ is alive. And that's such an important reality. Something we don't always pay a lot of attention to because we can often look to Jesus the way we look at a lot of other people in the past. It's like somebody we... Um, study about in our history books. And there are a lot of people that we study about in our history books who are interesting people, who led in, inspiring lives, who were courageous people, who do all kinds of good things. But that's not what we think about Jesus. We believe Jesus is alive. Christ is alive. And so it takes a special effort to remember that we're relating with Jesus as Jesus alive and not just as somebody from the distant past. So, taking that letter and highlighting a couple of the paragraphs, I put that to you for something to think about to get us started. But do we have any volunteers who want to start this conversation off? I have a volunteer. Yes, Anna from Bishop Hartley. Actually, I should ask you when you go to the microphone, if you would say your name and the school you represent.
2: Um, I'm Anna Lynch, and I represent Bishop Hartley. And in the letter, the Pope talks about how young people must make the most of the years that we're in right now. In a world where youth seem to be more restricted than ever, how do you think youth can live these years to the fullest given the restrictions that we face?
1: If you would stay there, Anna, because I'm going to engage you a little bit. Um, Tell me a little bit about some of those restrictions. How do you find youth restricted today?
2: I think that today we see the youth restricted in just, like, where we're allowed to go, what we're allowed to do. A lot of that might be parental restrictions, but some of us is just what society has given us, and we have to make the best of what we're given.
1: That's an interesting point. When I grew up, um, the it's true. You could just go out on a bicycle and say, oh, I'll, be, I'll be back. <laughs> and as long as you were back by a certain time, you were okay. It's a little bit more difficult these days because the world is kind of a dark and dangerous place, right? The world is a dark and dangerous place. And, and so, yeah, it does kind of restrict w- where you can go and what you can do. But I think that what the, the Holy Father is, is talking about is being in the place where you are and be, and living that to the fullest. You know, there's a human temptation always to be living somewhere else, to have our minds somewhere else, right? So we're in one place, but we're thinking about another place. How many of you here are seniors? Okay, so... To, about um, Maybe about half the group are, are seniors. And we're about 30 people here, I think. So about half the group are seniors. And I can imagine that a lot of you are living in the future right now. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You're living in the future, worrying about colleges. I, I know we were talking before about essays. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit. And, um, and so you're looking ahead. But one of the things that the Pope is saying is live now. Live now. There's so much going on right here. Senior year can be an exciting and extraordinary moment in your life, right? And so while you have to always keep an eye on the future, live in the present. Live in the present and live it fully. The other thing he talks about, though, in that is not living on the sidelines, right? Mm -hmm. So it means, again, jumping in with both feet, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it means, you know, um, you can... When it comes to a parade, you can either sit on the sidelines, on the curbside, and watch it go by, or you might be part of it. He's saying it's a lot more fun to be part of it, isn't it? (laughs) Good, good. Can you – does that make sense to you? Can you think of ways, too, that you might be called to live more fully in the present, not just thinking away to the future?
2: Yeah, so like for me personally, it's going to be just living in the present and like spending time with the loved ones that I have now, enjoying the time that I have left in high school with people that you're probably not going to see again, and doing your best to strive to be the person you want to see now, because that person can change in the future, but as long as we focus on who we are in the moment, that sets a good like goal for the people we're going to be in the future.
1: Excellent. Beautifully said. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. That's good. Anyone else with any comments on living in in the present or or being involved and jumping in fully into your life?
2: Um, I'm Chloe from Newark Catholic, and I'm a senior. Um, And I think that it's just important to seize the day and take the opportunities that we're given Um, and don't worry so much about what's going to happen. Just kind of know that God has your back and um, be willing to take risks and be open to living.
1: Yes, well said, well said. And the Pope talked about taking risks and and living fully, right? Um, You you know, seize the day. That actually makes me think of something else, too. Um, There are a lot of people, too, who live in the past, right? They kind of live in a land of make-believe. Oh, you know, either wishing life was the way it used to be or living with regrets, living with regrets and... And so I think one of the things the Holy Father's talking about in this letter is saying, no, live today, seize this day, and and see Jesus Christ present with you right here, right now. Isn't that great? Good. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. Good. Any other examples or any other thoughts? Please come.
3: So um, it's a lot of what the people have uh, before have said as well, um, living with your family and loving them and spending quality time with them and making sure you're in the moment with them um and and with your friends as well and also for me um one of the things that i feel god has called me to do is um to write stories and to like use that talent to get um those mess like important messages across and i think it's really easy to say you know like oh i want to write these stories and like maybe i'll finish them or maybe they'll get published someday um but I think it's really, it's really important to whatever your talent or whatever your passion that God has called you to, um, to utilize that today and to strive to do something um, with it today and be devoted to it um, like every day and not just see it as a future pursuit or something you can't work on now.
1: Beautifully said, beautifully said. Yeah, a- again, um, oh, please, would you identify yourself? Tell us who you oh, are. Oh, yes,
3: I'm sorry. Um, I'm Genevieve Feaster. I'm a senior from Bishop Hartley High School.
1: Thank you, Genevieve. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Indeed, you know, there's a lot of pressure, too, about the future, right? And, and one of the things that the Pope said is that the youth, the young people today, are the today of the church, not just the tomorrow of the church. So a lot of people kind of maybe treat you as if, just wait your turn, you'll have a chance to speak up, right? And the Pope's saying that's, you're not the tomorrow of the church, you are the tomorrow of the church, but you're the today of the church, and that you have something important to contribute right here, right now, today. Great. Thank you. Thank you for expanding that that question. Do we have another question? Who would like to uh, take us in another direction?
4: All right, my name is Derek. I also represent Newark Catholic High School. And going in a little bit of a different di- uh, direction, yes. Bishop Brennan, um, I know we have a lot of seniors here. What would be your biggest piece of advice to seniors that are moving on to college and you know, from there on out and how you can maintain your relationship with the Lord and take your Catholic education with you wherever you go?
1: Derek, that's a great question. How far do you want me to go? <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> Believe me, I do. And I'll probably find another, another um, opportunity. First of all, first of all, to the seniors, wherever you go in college, number one, never forget who you are and never forget to whom you belong. Never forget who you are. Never forget who, to whom you belong. Your family contacts, and those are important, but most of all, you belong to God. So you're going from, especially you in Catholic high schools, you're going to a, from a world that's been saturated with Catholic culture, right? And so you've had um, the experience of Jesus Christ in, in everything that you do. And you, a lot of you have been... Most of you probably who are here today because you you were chosen to do this are probably people who have been pretty involved in those things, whether they be the Kairos retreats or your own school retreats or Solidarity, uh, all those kinds of things. A lot of you, I'm sure, are retreat and school leaders. And so you get a lot of credit for that. Um, You're going into another world where that's going to be very different. And even in Catholic colleges, not because there's anything wrong with them, but the fact of the matter is the world is really a big, big world. It's a huge world. And so, you, you, you know, there are people who have all kinds of, of viewpoints and, and it looks life. Don't lose sight of who you are. Secondly, and this is really important, stay connected. Stay connected. What do I mean by that? Stay connected with the Lord. Many colleges have campus ministries, Newman clubs, and things like that, right? I, I would beg these seniors who are graduating from Catholic high schools, please, to connect with those. To connect with those. First, two reasons. One, first of all, it's a little bit of home. You're connecting with the Lord. But secondly, when you go to a school, like a college, again, these are big worlds. You have to find certain niches certain places where you belong that's a place where you belong and make that a priority get to that right away and and stick with it give it give it a chance even the first people you meet may or may not inspire you but just stick with it because those are important places um i One of the things I'm hoping we'll have an opportunity to do with the seniors during the course of the year is to celebrate you being seniors somewhere in the course of this year. I've been working with the education office. I hope we'll have a chance to gather all of the high schools together, all right, for all the seniors, and I'll have a chance to talk to you a little bit more. But maybe, too, we can connect with some of the campus ministries in, um, in those places. Get to know those people early on because they'll inspire you. Um, And then thirdly, this is a little bit of preaching, so forgive me if you go there. If I go there, stay away from a lot of other stuff. You know, when you hear things in the, like people kind of digging up things from the past in terms of college things, um, um, a lot of them are at these stupid parties where people who probably weren't bad people did dumb things. The only way to not, that, for that not to happen is not to be there. Not to be there. There's, there's a lot of fun in other things. And so th- those would be my three pieces of advice. Remember who you are, remember um, to get connected, and third, stay away from the things that are just going to lead you down. Derek, thank you. Thank you. It looks like we're coming upon a break. We're having a conversation with the high school students, and so we'll be back shortly. You're listening to St. Gabriel Radio.
5: Hey, I just had to say this God is not an overbearing, jerk father. He's a good and loving father, and you're his kid, and he loves you. When you mess up, he's not excited to come down on you like a ton of bricks. He's not waiting for his next chance to come down on you because you're going to mess up again and he'll be watching. Sometimes that's our experience of an authority figure in our lives. And sometimes that experience works its way into how we see God the Father. But that's not God. That's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus revealed. God loves you so much he found you worth dying for. Now that reality doesn't make me have peace with my sin. It makes me want to work on my sin harder, but not with the spirit of a slave, with the spirit of a son. God's a good father, and he loves his kids, and you're one of them. Remember that. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris DeFanik from Real Life Catholic.
6: In St. Catherine of Siena's writings, we are told that God distributes gifts and virtues to us in such a way that no one has all of them because He wants us to share our gifts and depend on each other. Take time today to thank your spouse for the strengths that make up for your weaknesses and the gifts that complement yours. Celebrate these differences as God's gift. This daily marriage tip is brought to you by the Marriage and Family Life Office of the Columbus Diocese. Did you know that your body has a theology? Man is made to love woman. And woman is made to love man. We see it imprinted in our very bodies. Take me for example. I walk, talk, and act very differently from my husband. Yet we both know instinctively that we are persons. Pope St. John Paul II says that our body as male and female makes us aware that we are meant as gift to each other. We are meant to love as God loves. As Adam and Eve loved before they knew shame... They were shameless, not only in the sense of their physical bodies, but spiritually as well. Theirs was a total gift of self. We too are meant to be a total gift of self in all that we say or do in our relationships. This is the spousal meaning of the body. We are created for union, in particular for marriage. For more on the
7: theology of the body, you can find us at creativecatholicworks.org. I'm Lori Kroc, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Do you look in the mirror and think, I am wonderfully made? Do you ever ponder in prayer that you are made in the image and likeness of God? If you answered no like I did, how can we change that? We can praise God for sending His only Son to take on human flesh. The Incarnate Word understands intimately the joys and struggles of our human lives. We can give thanks for this physical body, which is the vessel that enables us to be Christ's hands and feet in the world. We can also ask God to give us what matters most spiritual strength. From Isaiah chapter 40, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating us, body, mind, and soul. Help us to live, love, and move with joy knowing that we are wonderfully made in your image and likeness. Amen.
6: From Bishop Hartley High School, I'm Grace, a senior from St. Francis de Sales High School. Welcome back to the Bishop Brennan High School Student Forum on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: Derek, can I ask you to go back to the microphone for a minute, please? And you had, when we left before Derek was asking about some advice I might have as you get um, as you make your way to college, I'm going to ask you a question. What are some of the things you're looking forward to as you begin those college years?
4: Um, honestly. I am kind of looking forward to a little bit of independence. I mean, we've been in the house for 18 years. Not that I'm trying to get away from my parents. but No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, But I think it's going to be good to kind of take that next step into independence and um, meeting new friends, kind of going out on your own personal adventure. And I, I'm looking forward to that because I like to meet new people, make new friends, and, and just uh, kind of break the old high school routine, which I've loved for four years, but just kind of get something new. So,
1: Excellent. Great. Well, thank you. I wish you a lot of luck and a lot of happiness with that. Thank you, Derek. Another question. I'm seeing someone in purple. That must mean DeSales. (laughs)
4: Um, So I'm Kevin Heil. I'm a junior at St. Francis DeSales High School. And Pope Francis asked us to live and give ourselves over to the best of life. How can we as young people go about discerning the vocation that would allow us to live our best life?
1: Ah, very good question. So, it's discerning a vocation discerning is a fancy word meaning simply listening right just listening so listening let me tell you something that an advisor of mine used to tell me in the seminary there are a couple of things you want to start to think about what really gives you a certain kick what makes you happy where do you, where do you find yourself where your, your spirits are lifted? And I'm not just talking about a momentary pleasure, but some kind of what really inspires you. Where do you feel your best self? That's the first question you ask. What are the things that I'm doing that I really, really enjoy? Okay, that would be um, in terms of a vocation, like, you know, like the kind of work you might want to do, or a religious or a priestly vocation. For me, that's what I would. I would see the priest, and I would say. What they're doing seems to be something I would really enjoy doing, so that that's number one. Number question number two you start to ask is, do I have what it takes to do something like that? Now, in that that's a harder question because it's too easy to say you don't. You know, I'll give you an example again. Me being a priest, I'm a very shy person. Did you know that? <laughs> I oh I would have found speaking in front like a group this. Terribly, terribly painful. And I knew I wanted to be a priest. But somehow or another, I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But you know what? Through experience and, and you want to know something else? Through failing and realizing that the, the earth didn't open up and I didn't fall into it. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, oh, well, I can get through this. And so, um, so it's really asking yourself, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? And then the third question is, do I, is is there a need for it? Does anybody want me to do it, you know? Um, Is there a need for this? Is there something that the, the world needs me to do this? And can I, do I have something to contribute here? And those are the three questions of discernment that can help you figure it out. The, the first one, though, is God made us, and, and it's Pope Francis said this, right? God made us to be happy, right? God wants our happiness. So God made us to be happy. That's why we look toward um, things that are deeper that really give us that kick. Now, the other, mar- the other vocation I didn't talk about is marriage, right? Because that's not so much, a, that's, you don't really discern marriage, do you? You don't sit there and say, it, marriage is not the kind of thing you say, Hmm, one day I'd like to be married. <laughs> no. One day you say, I've fallen in love, right? <laughs> and that's another kind of discernment where you say, is, and, and this is a really rich kind of discernment. This is, it's, it takes a lot of courage to do this. That kind of discernment is saying, do I love this person so much? that I want to give my all, everything I am, everything I have, and live my life giving to that person? Do I want to spend my life with this person? Am I that deeply in love? That's the kind of discernment you do in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's good. How about yourself? Do you have any thoughts on discernment, any um, ideas, any steps that pe- young people go through today?
4: Um. I'm not really sure if I have any uh, – I mean, I know I have a couple friends who have gone to discernment uh, retreats. As an example, good. Um, and I personally am helping to lead a vocations night with middle schoolers where we're having a panel of people from all different vocations talk to them about That's how they discerned. Um
1: to see where the will of the Lord, you're right on target. You, you, you're doing exactly the right things. Very good. And you, somehow or another, things will stick with you. Can I just say one more thing about the sermon? You ever hear of St. Saint Saint Ignatius Loyola? Okay. St. Ignatius wanted to be kind of a soldier. And he wanted all the charms of courtly life. And when he was injured and recovering, he started reading the books of the saints. And the saints inspired him. And little by little, he still wanted to be the soldier. He still wanted the courtly things. But there was something else that was gnawing at him. There was something else about the the spiritual life. And what he said is, when I read the stories of the saints, they kept me going. When I put it down, I still felt happy. When I was reading these courtly stories, I'd say, OK, that's nice. I'd enjoy it. But then as soon as I put the book down, I'd be, OK, that's it. He said, you know what? God was speaking to me there. If something keeps coming back to you, there's something to it. That, so you, you, you inspired that in me when you said that, Kevin. If, you, if, if, if you, there's something that, a call or, or, or a yearning, if it's there and then it goes away but it just keeps coming back, that could be God speaking to you. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. Other questions? <laughs> yes.
6: Hello. Hello. Um, I'm Abby Wagner from New York Catholic.
1: Abby, it's nice to see you.
6: Thank you. Turning this into a different direction. Good. What do you think our youth can do to help with a huge amount of human trafficking? Um, how can we help and get involved to fix this problem?
1: That's, that's a tough question because that is a serious reality. And it's one of the things that was a real wake up call to me here in central Ohio. Um, how so much of it passes right through here, right? Um, you know what? It's, it's It sounds kind of um, distant from it, but the real issue, we, we just had a uh, conversation, a specialist from the federal government came and spoke to the young Catholic professionals. One of the things she said about it is, you know, there's not much you can do about it, Anybody, especially young people, in terms of you know, rescuing people out of, uh, out of that kind of trafficking situation. But she said, you know what the biggest factor is in this kind of stuff in trafficking? Is that people are using the so-called products. Things like porn and a lot of things that misuse people. She, she said if the business wasn't there, the, 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 you wouldn't have the trafficking. Um, there are some, there's some real serious ills in terms of prostitution and all of that, and she said, "You know, if the business dried up, that's what would end the problem." Um, the, so going back now to the young people, how do you have something to do it? I think that um, we live in a world where there's an awful lot of darkness. And that there are some really serious things that are pulling us in really bad directions. Am I right? You know? I always say a confirmation. I always say a confirmation uh, to the young people. I talk about the baptism promises. Remember when you were confirmed? Remember those I do questions? The first question was, and in your day, we've updated the language a little bit. Um, Yeah, I think we've updated it since most of you were confirmed. We say, do you renounce Satan? and all his works, and all his empty promises, right? And the answer, you say, of course, is I do. Well, that's not just something you do on your confirmation day, right? You don't just say, I do, I renounce Satan, and Satan will never bother you again. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great, right? It's something that you find yourself having to say every single day. Every single day you have to say, I renounce Satan. No, you will not take hold of me. I say no to the darkness of the world, too. Not just where Satan pulls you, but I say no to the darkness of the world. I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be a person of hope and of opportunity and of of goodness. And the fact of the matter is I know that, by and large, you are doing that. You're saying no to evil every single day. You're renouncing evil in the choices you make. Oh, I'm sure we all make mistakes sometimes, but the fact of the matter is that you keep at it. We don't let ourselves get stricken down. So there are two things, especially now that you're older youth, you're you're on the threshold of, of, of adulthood. So one thing is to be a light in the world of goodness to be a light in the world of chastity, to be a light in the world of joy, to be a light in the world of hope. You know, And the other is really to name and fight the darkness in your world, all around us. I think that's great. Does that make sense, Abigail? Yes. Yes, good. Can you think of anything else that young people might... Do you have any other suggestions?
3: Um, I think really just being
6: like, a really good example of um, a disciple of Christ. There you go, that's
1: exactly it. A really good example, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you Abigail, thank you. So yes, please. We have a question coming from the Reedy corner of the room.
6: I'm McKenna from Bishop Reedy. So sometimes our lives seem so repetitive and mundane. How can we find the beauty and adventure in the everyday and in our faith lives?
1: Ah. How do we find the beauty in our everyday faith lives? Do you see examples of beauty around you? Yeah. You do? you see people who inspire you? Mm
6: -hmm. I think the people who find a way to be joyful no matter the circumstances.
1: That's beautiful. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. You know, St. Paul says it this way. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. rejoice. Yep. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He doesn't say rejoice in the Lord when you're feeling good. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Um, you know, I uh, I did, recently I did my nephew's wedding and, um, and he had The reading that they chose, the first reading was um, how blessed is the man who finds a really good wife. So I started off the homily by saying to him, Dan, you're one lucky guy. (laughs) And, But that was really my message to that young couple was, and I said to them that day as they were sitting before God's altar, it's easy to count your blessings today surrounded by family and friends where everybody's smiling at you and taking pictures at you and everybody's all lovey-dovey all around you. It's easy to be, to count your blessings when you're riding high on the crest of the wave, but it's important to do it then. But I said, always count your blessings. In the ordinary things in life, count your blessings. In the sorrowful things of life, yeah, count your blessings. That was always an expression my father would say, count your blessings, count your blessings. So I think that's one way to, to be grateful. You know, we can always spend our lives looking over our shoulder and finding somebody who has something better than we have. And we can always be frustrated. Or we can look around at what's there, the beauty, like you say, and the good people who are there, and, um, and to be joyful and hopeful. Um, McKenna, that's some great observations there. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now we have Fisher Catholic.
8: I'm Abby of Fisher Catholic, and it is said in paragraph 145 to banish anxiety from our minds. My question to you is how can we as modern teenagers and high school students banish these anxieties when we have forms of social media and cell phones around us?
1: Ah, that's a very good question. Well, there, there's, there's one answer. Put it aside. <laughs> right? Put it aside for a little bit. So, um, yeah, banish anxieties. I never, I, you know, I, another thing I used to say, I don't say it's so much a confirmation, is I, you guys do live in a tough world. It, it, this is a tough time to grow up. And you deal with a lot of the same things that I dealt with in my years growing up in high school but you deal with them in an exponential way because of the whole explosion of social media. So, you know, when, when I was in high school, young people could be pretty mean at times. They, they used to have this thing, and it, it, it was awful. I mean, they called it a slam book. And basically what they did is they passed around a notebook, and people wrote nasty things about somebody. They just targeted somebody and passed it around. And it, you can imagine how many people that hurt, right? So, but... It was a book, and that was the end of it. Whereas when things go like today, it just goes viral. And everything is just done exponentially, exponentially. And people can say stupid things and do stupid things. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I can understand why that anxiety is there. I would say two things. And, and I joke about putting social media aside, but I mean it to a certain extent. I'll come back to that. I think you need to surround yourself with... You need to try to find... And I'm not just talking about friends, but just try to be in circles of decent people, people who have that culture of building up, and be yourself a person who builds up, right? That's the only way to do it. Be a person who builds other people up. You be that... Somebody Use that expression before, the disciple of joy, right? Um, so be you be a disciple of joy. Build other people up and let people find in you that kind of a thing. Now, sometimes it's a slow slog, you know? Sometimes you feel like you're a little bit isolated for a while, but, but stick with it. And again, that's why I go back to things like Newman Clubs and campus ministries and finding good people there, because when you're in college, you know, it, it, my closest friends were really more the people I met in my second, third, and fourth year. I, I mean, I wasn't unhappy in my first year, but th- those are the, the people who really mattered. So, so be surround yourself by good people and be a person who builds up. Um, what Are there other anxieties that you might talk about? It, social media does make it hard, doesn't it?
8: The social media, because people are so down on you and... Society has built up a character that seems to be for everyone, but nobody's the same as society wants you to be. So that's just where most of the anxieties come from.
1: Exactly. You know, I'll tell you something. Maybe I'm a coward. I don't know. But like when, you know, I, I, like when there were articles in the paper and something about the church or something, or something about me, I never read the comments. I read the stories, but I never read the comments. I just eh, don't give them power. Don't give them power over you. And so really do, do set aside. Use the social media to the fact that it helps you. Don't be a slave to it. Don't let it pe- take your life over. You know. And worry about everything you say according to those, those lines. So use social media to be in contact with the people you want to be in contact with. It might mean sometimes just blocking other stuff. Block out the bad stuff. Don't, don't give it power. Don't give it power. And you know what? You'll find that as that happens... People will get a little bored, a little bit tired of that sort of stuff. But thank you for raising that. That's a big issue, I bet, that young people deal with today, right? Yes, Indeed. I agree. Indeed, I'm sorry about that. I really am. Okay. Thank you for your question, Abby. Um, and <laughs> yes? Again, everyone, you're listening to St. Gabriel Radio, and this is the our high school forum. We'll be back in a moment.
9: This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why can't priests get married? Did you know that an ordination shares a lot of similarity with a wedding? The rituals, the vows, even the speak now or forever hold your peace. Why all this similarity? Because he's getting married! His bride is the Catholic Church, and he promises his life to her, just as Christ, the true bridegroom, has done from all eternity. Now, yes, it is possible to have an earthly bride and a heavenly bride, But since the heavenly bride always has to come first, it can be really hard on even the saintliest earthly bride. That's why for the past thousand years, the church has echoed St. Paul's words when he said to early priests, an unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. So why can't priests get married? Well, because they already are. For more, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic.
5: When Jesus was fasting in the desert, the devil tempted him to turn a stone to bread, to become king of the world, and to throw himself down from the temple and defy mortality. All that boiled down to a temptation to renounce his frail humanity. Jesus chose hunger, powerlessness, and mortality. We're tempted because of ego to renounce our humanity. The devil's first temptation to Adam and Eve was, You will become like God's. Ego can drive us to work To make a monument of accomplishments to ourselves It drives us to earn more and more money Because we think it makes us powerful Drives us to obsess over the impact we make Or how well known we become Because we think that will immortalize us Give it up There's a difference between you and God God never thinks he's you Do a gut check of those ways ego is driving your dreams Because if it is, you're missing all that matters most And your wife is probably missing that happy, carefree guy She married years ago Send us a message at connect at reallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com.
9: From Bishop Hartley High School, I am Bryson, a senior from Fisher Catholic. Welcome back to the Bishop Brennan High School Student Forum on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: Great, and we will get right into it. And so we start with Ashley. Please Hi. introduce yourself.
8: Um, I'm a senior at Newark Catholic, um, and I was just wondering, we talked a lot about what we can do um, in this present time as youth, but what were some things that you liked to do or that you enjoyed when you were young, especially with living out your faith for God?
1: Well, you know what? I Thank you. That's a good question. In terms of recreation, I was a bike rider, yeah, just recreational. I went through the neighborhood all over. But um, But I'll tell you, In terms of faith for God, I had a great opportunity of working in my parish church. I was a sacristan there. And so I had some really good friends. One of the things we used to do is we used to set up for bingo. Bingo was a big deal in those days. (laughs) And we'd set it up on Friday afternoon. And then we'd have to go back around like 1130, midnight, to take it down. And you'd be dragging yourself there. But once we were there cleaning up, um, we also had a lot of fun doing that too. But um, that did help my faith life because I was, again, surrounded by people who had great um, connections with the church I got to meet a lot of the people and see the life of the parish so that helped me an awful awful lot in my day there weren't that many youth groups you know. so it was really more a matter of uh, having that chance to work there very good. How about yourself? What are some of the things you enjoy most? Um,
8: growing up in middle school, I participated in a lot of youth groups, which really set me in my faith. And then now that I'm in high school, I participate in Kairos, and that just brings me so much closer to my class and my school and running retreats and just all joining together and spreading God's word.
1: Ashley, could you just say a word about Kairos? Because I yeah. think a lot of people who are listening to us may not know exactly yeah. what Kairos is.
8: So it's a retreat that school Catholic schools can have, and it's a weekend retreat for um, our senior class, and so it really brings us all close together, and we have a team of people, and um, I'm on the team, so I get to go my junior year and then run the retreat for my senior class, and just doing it, we get to talk to our classmates that have never really had an experience with God their whole life maybe, and just talking on a personal level, not necessarily hearing um, from the teachers or adults or a youth minister, but hearing from someone that's your own age, talk about God and how God can affect your life and how to just spread his word in their life.
1: That's amazing. And it is. That makes it so credible for young people to hear it from other young people. So thanks for doing that. Thank thank you, you, Abby.
7: Thank you.
1: Yes.
8: Um,
4: Hi, I'm Greta Bedell, a senior at Bishop Hartley. And my question is, in paragraph 143, Pope Francis uses a metaphor about parked cars to describe what he doesn't want for young people. What do you think are some ways to combat parked cars in our youth or
2: to, like, get the cars running again. Get
1: the cars running again. That's a good one. Eh? Pope Francis is great with images, right? Actually, when I was in Poland with, for the World Youth Day, he said, some people think the secret to life is a big, soft, comfy couch. <laughs> you can picture that, you know? You veg out in the couch, right? Uh, binge watch uh, Netflix or something like that. He said, but no, you've got to trade in your sofas for a good pair of walking shoes. Yeah, you don't want to become like an old car that just sits there and, and gets dilapidated. When I... Again, one of my great experiences as a bishop is being able to celebrate confirmation. And so realizing the power of the Holy Spirit that's within you. Holy Spirit gets you moving, gets you into action, right? So it's kind of stirring that up. And the other thing is I go back to being around good people and inspiring each other. Inspiring each other. I think that can help a lot. So you were talking before um, about, Abby was talking about, the Kairos retreats. There are other kinds of retreats and things like that. Um, Get, Draw draw all that you can. I think that's the gas, if you will, for for the car so that uh, you're not just sitting there falling apart. Good job. Thank you.
9: Hi, I'm Drew Curtin. I'm a junior at St. Charles. Uh, My question is, so as we enter the 2020 election, which is obviously very polarized, how do we respond to the election with our faith?
1: In a thousand ways, I am so glad I am here in Ohio. Let me tell you something. <laughs> but let me tell you something else. Being, living in a swing say, state, I am not looking forward to the presidential elections <laughs> here in Ohio. Um, I think there are, I'll, I'll give you two things. One, and the guidance I would give to Catholics in general in an election year is to be clear about our Catholic principles what, and, and to be consistent. One of the sad things, I, I say this a few times, is a lot of Catholics identify themselves first as Democrats or Republicans and then secondly as Catholics. And what we need to do is flip that over and say, you know, because the bottom of the line is it's not a party thing. You can't say that either party has, anything, has everything right. It's really a matter of what are the principles? And then who are the individuals who re- represent those, um, those, those issues? We have to stand up for the dignity of life and, um, and for a culture that promotes that. We have to stand up for human respect. We have to stand up um, for caring for those who are most vulnerable. And so we, we have a job there, first of all, to discern like we talked about before, to think it through. And then secondly, to encourage those people. When we, it's not, the job isn't done when you cast that ballot. The good thing is a lot of you, most of you, will be voting, I guess, in the next election, right? A good number of you will be. It's, and the job isn't over when you cast that ballot. Your job is also to stay in touch, right? The letters, keep in touch with the elected officials, keep promoting those Catholic values. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the second thing, you use the word "polarization, right? Mm-hmm. It has become a really negative, polarized world. And I think we need to develop the discipline and try to encourage others to develop the listening, the discipline to listen, to listen, and to talk with respect, to talk with respect. And even when people don't respect us. You know, speaking for the church, a lot of people will um, really attack our values. But we're better than that. We have to to treat people with respect. Always, always, always with respect. How about yourself? Any ideas along those lines?
9: Um, I think, well, in eighth grade, our religion teacher told us that it usually comes down to one single value. But as long as that's based in your faith, then you can be guided along the right path
1: yes but it's an informed it's not Mm -hmm. just based on your faith but informed by the faith too right Mm -hmm. so it's really that's so that's something you can do even now is to start looking at the at at that what are the those catholic values what does our faith inform us about our social responsibility and that's something like i said you don't do that on uh november 1st of 2020 you start doing that now good question good question thank you
5: My name is Patty
4: Page. I'm a senior at Bishop Hartley. And my question is, I know we just talked about speaking up for those who have trouble getting their voices heard. How as we as young people can get our voices heard, not only in just the church, but also in society and many of the social issues that plague our society today?
1: Very good question. How do we get our voices heard? Because that is one of the laments of the Pope's letter. One of the things he says in the letter, this letter is... For young people, so he's writing to you, but it's also about young people. And he's saying that we, who are a little bit older, have a lot to learn from you. So I think that always putting your best foot forward will, will, will get you a hearing. So first of all, um, especially in the years to come, make yourselves known. Make yourselves known. So you want your voice heard in your parish? Just be, be known. Introduce yourself to the priest or the parish staff after mass to say hello. How are you? I'm, I'm at Bishop High, uh, Hartley High School, or I'm at Newark Catholic, or St. Charles, or Fisher, or, or, or right. Um, and, and you know, and volunteer for things. You volunteer if there are service things, not just to get the service hours in, all right, okay. but really to to do some of that service. You become a credible voice when there's something behind it, right? So, so the, the big piece of advice I would give to you is show up. Show up and let, you, let people know you. Now, when you start going to college, do the same. Do the same again in those Newman clubs and all that in the service. Show up and bring your, your, your values to it. People will start to listen to you the more you do. They'll see the actions behind your words. And that's true in the church. I would say a similar thing in the world, too. It's probably a little harder in the world because it's a big world out there. But don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Be bold and be confident, and um, and and put yourself on the line doing good things, and and then speak up when it's when it's necessary. Saint Francis had a great word, a great expression. You know that Saint Francis of Assisi: "Preach the gospel everywhere, and when necessary, use words." Right? Good. Good question. Thank you, Patty.
8: Hi, I'm Amelia. I'm a sophomore at Bishop Rydie High School. And my question for you is that, especially in high school, fear prompts us to stay on a sideline. How should we face fears so that we are better able to fully jump into life, and more specifically, our lives in faith?
1: Ah, how do we face the fears that are before us? That's a good question. Um, I think that sometimes, as I said about my own experience, sometimes you just have to fail. (laughs) You have to just give it your best shot. Be authentic. You know uh, uh, I'm not talking about taking risks like jumping off of rocks, rock cliffs or something like that for adventure. But put yourself out in, in to, into different situations where you can be uh, a help to somebody. Some of the things that you're doing in terms of Kairos and all of that, you're, you're taking risks, you know? Um, fear, by the way, is not always a bad thing. Sometimes fear is a healthy thing, right? Fear reminds us that something might be dangerous. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to get paralyzed by that. We don't want to get paralyzed by our fears by uh, and letting those things control us. How, any thoughts yourself in terms of dealing with fears and anxieties in the world today? There are a lot of them out there.
8: Um, just like you said, taking risks and trying new things, even if it's just like in your faith life going to a youth group or trying a different mass, you know, just... Trying new things, I think, is definitely something. And even just the little things, like, to help you face your fears. If it's just changing the way you listen to music, like, instead of rap music, you listen to gospel music. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Very good. good. Good analogy. And, you know, when you said that, you made me think of something. Maybe sometimes it's easier to, f- to do something like that with somebody else, you know. So, um, when it comes to youth group, it can be a little intimidating to walk into something new. But maybe if you say, why don't you come with me? You know, and then at least uh, two of you are standing in the corner. <laughs> it's a little less obvious, but you'll find yourself eventually breaking down those walls. Great uh, question, and thanks for the insights, too. Good job.
9: Uh, my name's Alex. I'm a junior at St. Charles, and um, uh, I know uh, in the letter that you gave us and told us to read with Pope Francis, he talks about we should... Uh, Live our teenage lives, and uh, for me, that's through sports. And I know uh, Hartley's in the playoff run of football, and the sales girls volleyball won the championship, and we won our water polo championship. How can we see the Lord and practice our faith life through sports?
1: That's that's a good question. Um, you know, for yes, I should. I, I only because it's um, recent. I forgot. I I congratulated Newark Catholic and and Hartley on their work in the. In the uh, in, in football, but that's right. DeSales went all the way in volleyball. Anybody on the volleyball team? And what's your name? Ashley, Ashley. congratulations, Ashley. Good job, congratulations to the DeSales volleyball team and congratulations, yes, to this St. Charles water polo team. I heard about that as well. So I was asked that question at, the, uh, at a game. Uh, how do, what, how do, the, what does that, um, do the sports have to do with um, with faith? I'll tell you a couple of thoughts that I have, and I'm going to ask you, okay? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, First of all, it takes a certain discipline, doesn't it? You ever read St. Paul's letters? St. Paul must have been a sports fan. He's always using sports analogies. Did you know that? He uses a lot of them. Um, I've run the race. I've kept the faith. I've competed well, right? And now a merited crown awaits me. So sports uh, give us that sense of discipline. Discipline, really focusing. Our, our, and we, we do the same with our faith. In sports, it's not about me, is it? In sp- unfortunately, in a lot of professional sports, that's what it become. Sports is about the team, right? It's the team. And, and, and all of us doing our best um, to contribute to the whole victory, right? To the whole effort. Well, isn't that the Christian life, too? Right? And it's about putting your best self forward. Right. How about yourself? What are some of the things you might suggest?
9: Uh, I think what you said about like, it's a team. I think like, the closer you are as a team will definitely like, probably help your performance on the field or the court. Um, uh, yeah. Good. Good answer. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Megan Kelleher, and I'm a senior at St. Francis DeSales High School. Um, The Pope says, open the cage, go out and fly. So how do we respond to people in encounters that may oppose our Catholic faith?
1: With respect, with confidence, and with joy. That's my answer. Respect, confidence, and joy. Okay? Basically, what people will try to do with you is they're going to try to drag you down to their level. Right? They're going to drag you down to their level. So you don't go there. Don't, don't give them that power over you. You don't go there. You show respect. Second thing, is confidence. Now, hopefully, you've learned a lot in your religion classes here. And, and you know, one book to have on your shelf is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And there's actually a version of the Catechism for the Catholic Church, an official one, called UCAT. It's a thin yellow book. And it's designed specifically. I see if, you, if you're shaking your head. Your heads, nodding your head so you may already have it. That is a volume worth having. And you know, if you're not sure of a question, look it up. Look it up. Be confident. That's the next thing. So yes, be confident. Look up the information. Be know the Gospels. Know Jesus Christ as a personal friend. Read. I always tell people about reading the Gospel. When you read the Gospel, read it. Um, just little snippets. You know, going back to social media, almost as if it's somebody's post for the day. You know, you're encountering Jesus. Little snippets. So, so know the Lord, so be confident. So, and then thirdly, be joyful. There's nothing, and we've all met people like this. Life is hard, the faith is, you know, I have to be a good Catholic, which means I have to be miserable, right? <laughs> and it, it, that's not going to attract anybody. Just be joyful. Be joyful. And I go back to what I was saying earlier, again, surround yourself by good people. Any other thoughts that you might have? Um. Or any of those that speak to you?
2: I think definitely to be joyful, especially when times get tough, because it is God that brings us joy. So when we show that joy, it shows that we are close to God.
1: Great, great. Thank you. Good job. Good job. You know, as we sum up, sometimes – and this is a good segue to uh, help us close out, to bring the plane in for a landing. Um, Sometimes we're going to be made to feel isolated for being Catholic, for being who we are. You feel like nobody else believes it. And one of the great things of a Catholic school is that you've been – you've seen – Lots of other people who really believe it and live it out, and live it out joyfully, all right? And um, uh, movements like the retreats and World Youth Days, it is the most amazing thing when you're surrounded by a million other young people who believe what you believe and find joy in it. Don't let yourself get isolated. Take part in some of those things. Um, There there are a lot of people who hold the faith you have. And I just want to close by telling you how much I respect and admire all of you. I loved being here and having this chance to talk with you. I pray for you daily. I will continue to pray for you, and um, and, and I love the way that you were such fantastic, authentic witnesses of Jesus Christ. Joyful, credible witnesses of Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless all of you and all your families. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, you've been listening to uh, the, the High School Forum on Catholic Radio, St. Gabriel Radio. Thanks for being with us today.
9: Wow. This is listener supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Thank you for joining us for this special presentation of the 2019
5: High School Student Forum with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, the Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus. If you'd like to download a copy of this show or share it with a friend, please visit StGabrielRadio.com and look in the special features section of our audio archives. God bless, and have a great day.